Hey everybody, welcome back to Casa Walsh, a Beverly Hills 90210 podcast. My name is Sam, and on today's episode, we've got our finale of season six. This is episode 31, called You Say It's Your Birthday, and it premiered on May 22nd, 1996. All right, so this one starts, and Nat is asking Valerie for an update on Colin. She doesn't have any information because she doesn't, you know, know where he is or what's going on. But apparently they have six days to find him or they're going to lose the Peach Pit and the Peach Pit After Dark. So it's kind of like time is of the essence. Valerie's trying to get in touch with Jonesy to see if he can help. If you don't remember Jonesy, he is the... uh, very eccentric, I will say. Uh, one that they use to get Dylan's money back from Kevin and Suzanne. And he also, he's popped in here and there. Um, Valerie gotten a little bit of an issue with him. But anyways, she's trying to get in touch with him to see if he could help with the uh, finding Colin issue. Kelly doesn't give a shit. She doesn't really care about uh, what's going on with Valerie. Um, She should care about Nat, but she doesn't give a shit about what's going on with Valerie. And then we see Colin. He is at a strip club. He, it's funny. I feel like he can't really grow a beard because it's showing that he hasn't really been able to, obviously he hasn't shaved because he's on the lam or whatever. So he is, um, you could see he's got like a little bit of a mustache going, but it doesn't seem like there's much on the cheeks. So it's kind of funny. He's he's trying, but I don't I don't think he's one of those people that can actually grow a beard. Um, but anyways, he's at the strip club and he meets a guy who can apparently get him out of the country in three days on a freighter. I don't know like what this plan is. It's very bizarre. Like he ran from the police because he didn't want to go to jail. So now he's running from the law. He's going to get out of the country and do what exactly? I don't really understand what his plan is. He just wants to get out of the country for some reason. I mean, because he doesn't want to go to jail, but it's just, it seems like it's a lot. Like do your two years or whatever and you'll be fine. You'll be out before you're 30. Or I don't remember what he was sentenced to, but whatever. It's like, come on, Colin, grow a set. Anyways, um, Susan is packing up her office at the Condor in preparation for handing the keys over to someone for the summer. So I guess the school paper is in circulation all year round and she has someone filling in for her for the summer. I don't, I don't really understand that. It's school. It's not like this is your, uh, whatever. But she and Brandon are taking a two month road trip this summer. That was their summer plans together. So that's what they're doing. Now, Everybody is talking about Steve's upcoming birthday party, which is taking place on the Queen Mary with lots of CU students in attendance and Prince Carl is paying for everything. What a good friend. I wish I had a friend that was worth that much that could just throw me birthday parties. 
Also, I feel like Carl doesn't have any friends because it seems as if Steve is his first friend ever, which is kind of sad for Carl, but I guess, I mean, whatever. Um, It's also like, is he trying to keep him close because he likes Claire or does he really like Steve? It's un, it's un, I don't know. I'm a little unsure at the moment how this works, but anyways, um, he's throwing this party for him and uh, Steve wants, I don't know, Steve wants to help set up for the party because Carl's paying for everything. Claire does warn um, him, though, that, like, Carl will want payment someday, which I know what it is. We'll find out soon. Um, Colin then calls um, Claudia, his art dealer, to try to get some money that she supposedly owes him. She's just like, I don't know. She says she'll pay him, but I don't really... They broke their contract because he's not... He wasn't, like, gonna fuck around with her anymore. So I don't... I don't know. Um, then we see Kelly hanging out the Walsh house, um, telling Brandon that she is flying solo to the party. Um, this is kind of weird. So... She came over because she wanted to grab a pair of Steve's old sneakers. And her gift for him is to bronze them. I I mean, it's a creative gift. I don't really understand the meaning of it. If someone took a pair of my old shoes and bronzed them, I would be like, thanks. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this, but sure. I, I don't know. I thought I thought it was odd. And we also don't see her give him the gift. Like it's just the comment is made. That's what she's giving him, and that's what we're we're that's where it's left. It's weird. But after she leaves, Valerie complains to Brandon that Kelly is enjoying her little Colin related issues too much, which she is, understandably so. Um, Valerie's then checking her messages and she has a message from Jonesy. We heard his voice saying that, um, he's on the case. He's out of the country at the moment, but he is going to send her help. And by the way, she, he's also tracked down Dylan and he tells her that he, well, this is on the voicemail that he's in London. Brandon, um, is listening in on it because he heard Valerie, he hears Jonesy's voice and he says um, he heard that Dylan's in London from Jonesy and Valerie's like, do you think he's with Brenda? And he says, probably not because she's in Scotland doing some play um, but uh, you know, the odds of them running into each other is weird. It would be, you know, surprising. Now, if he's in London and she's in Scotland, yeah, they're probably not together. If he was going to London, it would not be weird if Dylan was like, hey, Brenda, I'm, you know, and like reach out to her to meet up. That's not weird. But I don't know. I feel like, I feel like at this time, I don't know. I just have this like memory of this because this is going to be brought up a few times this episode. But I feel like at this time, because I do have a little bit of recollection, that people, because Dylan's not on the show, because Brenda's not on the show at this point, and they've, they've both left, you know, he left earlier this season, she's been gone for the last two seasons, I think that 
people they started probably doing at this point reruns of the show on some different networks i think they're probably in syndication at this point it usually happens usually around uh five years after show so this is six so it would make sense if there's some syndication and i feel like people watching it were like you know what i really liked brenda and dylan together so i feel like it was like picking up steam that people were pro dylan and brenda so i feel like this is why this stuff is going to be mentioned. I'll just leave it there. Um, all right. So Donna, who clearly needs to stay away from self-tanner on this episode, she is tan as fuck. She and David are going to meet, at, have a meeting at MZA where their record, their manager, whatever guy, um, Eric, knows about this party. He's heard about some party that there's a rumor that the Goo Goo Dolls are playing there. And Donna offers to bring him along. She's like, we actually know the guy. He's one of our best friends. Um, David says to Donna, like, why'd you do that? Eric likes you. And Donna's like, no, I think he just wants to, you know, hear the Goo Goo Dolls, who were like a huge band in the 90s. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, David thinks she he likes her. Donna's just being Donna and being friendly. Um, so, um, just before now they head out to Long Beach for the party, um, they get a package from Dylan, um, with a birthday letter for Steve and Donna decides not to tell Kelly, um, because the letters from Dylan but the address on the return address, it's Brenda's address in London. So Brenda didn't send anything. Dylan did. So, but Dylan is at Brenda's. Makes it interesting. We are now on the Queen Mary and Eric is there with Don and David and he wants to make sure his room is near Donna's. So it looks like possibly um, David was right. We also see Nat and Joan are there because, of course, uh, Nat's invited to everything. I just, if I'm Nat, am I going to these things? Like, I feel like, am I, like, I'm hanging out at birthday parties for college kids. I mean, this is a 21st birthday party. Am I, I'm going to this? I just, I don't know. But anyways, they're there. She's not feeling well. Whoopity-doo. Um... Susan then gets a phone call, a phone message from DC. This was actually funny. So the Brandon's checking in at the concierge or whatever, um, front desk. And they said, oh, um, I see, I guess Susan's listed as someone in his room. So she says that, um, there's a message for Miss Keats. And he looks at the message and it just says like a return number. It doesn't say that it's a DC. And then I guess he asks her, do you know, happen to know the, what the city is for the, or the area code? And she says, oh, I know that's DC. So he says, ah, Washington, DC, the home of the president and her husband. Ah, ha, ha, made a joke. Now that's obviously in reference to Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, because they are president, uh, Bill's president there. But it is funny that he made a joke about her being president because she had she came pretty close so it's kind of funny that he had said that 
Um, anyways, Susan has this message from DC. She's trying to make it like not really a big deal. Um, but, uh, apparently she's gotten a message from a woman who is working on the president's reelection campaign. So at this point, um, Bill Clinton is running for reelection so that she got obviously, um, a letter from something about this. Um, Jonesy, now he couldn't come because he's out of the country, but he, he sent a FBI guy that he's buddies with named Richard Ballen to meet with Valerie on the boat. And he's going to be there. He's going to, uh, find Colin. Also, I just want to go back actually, cause I was just thinking about it as I was just reading the words about that FBI agent. I'm going to go back to Susan and Brandon for a minute. Susan has a message on this boat from someone trying to reach her. How the fuck did they know she's on this boat? These these DC re-election people. Like, how did they find out, oh, you know what? Let's leave her a message there. Like, did, the only reason, like, she she lives in a dorm room by herself. So unless she left an outgoing voicemail on her machine... I'm going to be on this Queen Mary boat for a birthday party for the weekend. Call me there if you need me. I don't understand how they would know that. The only other thing is if they called the Condor, which is possible, and they said she's there. But I don't know. I mean, this is pre-cell phones, so I just find it funny. Anyways, moving along. Um, Carl tells Susan that uh not susan carl (laughs) carl tells claire that their mothers were on the queen mary's last transit transatlantic crossing together and he can show her a picture after he finds it at home um i he's put he's it on thick with her i mean he he likes her i mean come on claire and steve um are invited with everybody else to go see Carl play polo. She's kind of not into it. She's like, it's Steve's birthday, but Steve's fine with it. But Claire thinks it's dumb. I mean, it is kind of dumb a little bit, but I mean, he wants to play polo. He wants them to watch him play polo. They're going to play polo. Valerie introduces Kelly to this FBI agent, Ballen, um, and she manages to be helpful, surprisingly, for Valerie's case. Basically, she says that to him that there's a chance that Colin tried to get in touch with his art dealer, Claudia. Valerie kind of smirks because obviously this is here when she finds out that Kelly and, um, or that Claudia and Colin were sleeping together while he was also dating uh, Kelly. So Valerie enjoys that, which is kind of, you know, it makes sense. Um, David advises Eric not to go after Donna too aggressively since they, she just got out of a relationship. So David's kind of looking up for, you know, watching out for her. Um, but Eric interprets this as basically David saying that he doesn't have a chance. And David was like, yeah, I don't think you actually have a chance. Um, so... Eric is just, I mean, he's just like this horn dog. It's just kind of funny. But he is um, showing up at Donna's room with champagne. And 
he somehow gets invited to this private dinner that they were supposed to have for just Steve, which is supposed to be the close friends on the birthday, you know, on the boat. Um, and it's just, I don't know. I mean, I think she's just apparently too nice. Um, she doesn't know how to say like, oh, sorry, like I have something right now just for like our close friends. But for whatever reason, she is, uh, I don't know. Anyways, um, we're at this private birthday party for the group and Brandon makes toast to Steve before David and Donna uh, present Steve with a video highlighting moments of his life. It includes a video message from Jim and Cindy, which we see, so we see them. Um, Donna reads the letter from Dylan to Steve. Um, and then on the video, we see various people singing happy birthday. We see Rush, we see Samantha, Ryan Austin, Mrs. Teasley, um, Elle, we see Andrea, and then Andrea makes a surprise appearance in person. She's there. Now, it's kind of funny when she walks in, the gang is all kind of like going to hug her, but seated at the table who don't get up to greet her are Carl Eric makes sense. They've never met her. But Valerie and Claire are also seated. They don't get up, which is weird because they both know her also. Like, they, they there's no, I can understand if they didn't know her, but they know her and they don't get up. I just, I don't know. I just found that weird. Then they bring out some cake for him. And um, it's a pretty cool birthday party, I would say, actually. I would, I would enjoy something like that this but I don't have any um princes or princesses that I'm friends with that would do this for me anyways um so then we see they're on the boat they're drinking they're dancing um you know Carl is obviously just you know like following Claire around like a little puppy dog Kelly asked David when he talked to Dylan because obviously they saw the letter that Donna read and he says that he didn't. He says that uh, he's in London. We sent the letter from Brenda and it came back from Dylan. I don't know what to tell you. Um, you know, he said he thought they, did, they didn't tell her because he thought she, they, she'd be upset. She says she's not. And it was nice to hear from him, even though he didn't really say anything to her. It was to Steve. But I guess, I don't know. David then spots Donna dancing with Eric and pays someone to call Eric away for a private phone call to kind of get him away from her, which Donna appreciates the gesture. Again, she's way too nice. She doesn't want to tell him, I'm not interested in you, but she is not interested in him and I don't know. So then we see Valerie moping around by herself because she's obviously all upset. Um, Balan has some good news got in touch with someone who recently spoke to Colin and it sounds like Colin is still in LA that is good news because obviously if he's out of the country a little bit more difficult to get in touch with him then we see Joan boring and Nat they're calling it an early night because she ain't feeling well um he also doesn't seem that concerned about Colin like I feel like Valerie is way more concerned than he is but he is just in, like, bad shape as she is. So I don't know why he's not 
more interested in what's going on. Claire returns to the party, so I guess Carl, I don't know, like she went away, Carl followed her around like a puppy dog, Steve, super drunk, um, so then Claire and and Carl help him back to his, their room, and it seems like Carl's trying to make a move on her while Steve is kind of just passed out sleeping there like I mean I guess he would like want he's like oh why don't we go take a walk or something but she she's gonna stay with Steve you can see maybe she's like thinking about it but she chooses to stay with Steve Eric obviously wants to be alone with Donna but she finally pulls the trump card and tells him I'm a virgin she realizes that is going to be the one that is obviously going to um you know, he's not going to try to sleep with me if I'm a virgin because he knows it's not going to happen. Which, she's right, it works because he immediately turns his attention to Kelly. So he's moved on from Donna. He's now going to try and sleep with Kelly. The next morning at breakfast, Andre shows Kelly some pictures of Hannah and Jesse. And they talk about how difficult the last year was for Kelly. And... Kelly now can't get Eric to leave her alone, so Donna jokes around and advises her to say that she's a virgin too because it worked for me. Susan then gets a fax from DC telling her that she's been chosen to work on the 1996 campaign. Susan tells Brandon that she's been offered a job as a youth advisor for the Clinton campaign, but she'd have to drop out of school and she'd have to start working this summer if she's going to do it. So she's not going to take it. Um, she, yeah, she's like, it's just, it, it's not going to work. And also they made summer plans. So why take a job working on the 96 campaign if she, um, she has plans to travel the world or the U.S., I guess, a road trip with Brandon. Um, then we see Carl at his polo match playing polo which is pretty fucking boring. Uh, Steve tells Claire that Carl was in a bad mood earlier and he wonders if it something happened after he went to bed. It didn't, but I think he's kind of moping around because I think he likes her, which, I mean, it's pretty obvious to the viewers that he likes her. Um, Balin, the FBI director, learns that Colin called Claudia from the harbor so it stands to reason that he's just hanging around there waiting to maybe hop on some freighter that's leaving. So he's kind of on the case. He's kind of, he's headed in the right direction here. Then Eric asks Kelly out, but she tells him that she's a recovering addict whose last boyfriend is on the lam. So she's not really in a good place to date right now. And he doesn't take the hint. He's like, wow, interesting. Um, and he just continues to, to hit on her. It's just, it's one of those guys that you just say something and you can just tell that they're not even remotely listening to a word you're saying. And that's what's happening with him. But she decides to take a fork and basically stick it in his, or like, kind of like nick him in the leg with it. Um, and she's hoping by stabbing him with a fork that he will now get the hint. Um, aggressive. I mean, I just stabbing with a fork or he's just like wow I'd just be like I'm not going to sleep with you Eric I think that would suffice I mean it would work just say that 
but she's choosing not to, uh, for whatever reason, she chooses to stab him with a fork. Um, Carl tells Steve here straight up that he is in love with Claire and wants a chance to tell her. Um, so Claire warns Steve that he was going to kind of want payment back and this seems like what it is he believes that steve's been kind of downplaying their relationship and he thinks it's reasonable he's basically saying let claire choose between the two of them and he let the bet you know let the best man win i just want the opportunity to tell her my feelings and i hope you understand and Steve, for some reason, doesn't punch him in the face. He just kind of says, okay. So he's just going to kind of, I don't know, go. I don't know. It's just silly to me, but it is what it is. And that's what's going to happen there. He's just basically going to make his move. And Steve is going to allow him to do that. So... Steve has now told Brandon about Prince Carl's plans to make Claire choose between them. I I don't really get it, but I mean, I get like he likes her, but it's like, why is he not making this a big deal? It is kind of a big deal, but whatever. Um, Colin makes his final preparations before he hops on a freighter to flee the country the next morning. So he's getting ready to leave the next day. But now it is the main event for the party weekend we have a performance by the goo goo dolls i will get into them later but i fucking love the goo goo dolls um they play some songs and i mean we actually get to see them play three songs like they they, i mean obviously it was pre-recorded but we've got three goo goo doll songs performed on this episode all great songs. Love the Goo Goo Dolls. I was into it. I enjoyed it. You kind of see like while they're performing, everyone's kind of just dancing around. Um, it's kind of, we see now Eric because Kelly stabbed him in the fork. He's moved on to Andre now. Um, so it's just a lot of Goo Goo Dolls performing their songs. Like I said, I will get into them later in the episode, but love the Goo Goo Dolls. Um, Balan briefly checks in on Valerie who is it seems like she's like really into him like she's like kind of like she's flirting she's doing her Valerie thing she's just she's into it which I mean it makes sense to me because they're both good looking people why not Susan leaves to make a phone call um Brandon's going with her but she wants some alone time she has to she said the DC people are hounding her and she has to kind of just like talk to them so she wants to talk to them alone which, I mean, I think it, take a hint, Brandon, she's gonna take the job. It's just kind of obvious. Um, Steve and Claire dance, uh, are dancing to the Goo Goo Dolls um, when Carl cuts in. He wants to cut in, and Steve's like, okay. As Carl and Claire are dancing, he tells her he's in love with her. He says that he and Steve made a gentleman's agreement to let her choose and she immediately is offended so she runs off she grabs steve and she's basically like how could you do this to me 
um, I thought we had something special or serious. Like, why would you, why would you do this? Like, just like, you know, basically like pawn me off on him. And he says that he wants to be, he wanted to be fair. Um, just tell him that you're not interested. And she's like, that's not the point. You were willing to let me go. And that's the problem. And he says, what did you want me to do? Punch him in the face? And she's like, well, that would have been better. So when Carl comes over, he says, is everything okay? And Steve says, it will be after this. Carl, I'm sorry. And then he punches him right in the face. And Claire's like, what the hell did you do? Why did you do that? He's like, you just told me that you wanted me to do that. And she's like, no, I didn't. And Carl's kind of holding his nose who says, I think that it's broken. So Claire's like, great, you broke his nose. So this didn't really turn out the way it should have in theory or it doesn't look good. Brandon then goes uh, to get Susan who made her quick phone call. And when he speaks to her, he figures out that she did in fact take this job in D.C., And he justifiably is very angry at her because he turned down his uh, job in Boston so they can spend their summer together. When she did the opposite, she had an opportunity and she jumped at it and did not take uh, the job or took the job. So she is taking that over their summer vacation uh, plans. And it is not looking good for Brandon and Susan at this moment. Eric is flirting with Andrea some more. She tells him about her husband and daughter. He still, like, just doesn't take the hint. It's funny he has yet to go over to Valerie yet, but she's been kind of, like, giving the eyes to that FBI guy, Balin, the whole time, so maybe he's just thinking that's a thing. I don't know. Um, Then Steve and Brandon are complaining to about their women problems uh steve says like months told me about a peeler bar so let's go to a peeler bar um which uh brandon is into i don't know what a peeler bar is maybe i'm an idiot but i'm gonna look up what a peeler bar is because i don't i don't know what it is um donna's a little tipsy david invites her uh to the deck for a walk and they're getting drunker, they're they're drinking champagne, they even consider making out, but they don't because the moment passes. And instead, Donna decides to just pour champagne on David's head uh, just for the heck of it instead of, I don't know, they're drunk, they're having fun, they're kind of cute, I'm into it, but... You know, they've been hanging out a lot together, they're both single now, so whatever. He's been single, though, but she's newly single. Um, Claire tends to Carl and his broken nose now, admitting that she's not sure what to do about her relationship. She flat out asks him if he threw the party for Steve so, you know, he could get closer to her. And he says, no, that's not what happened. Basically, you kind of snuck up on me. I didn't see it happening. Um, But he says that... um, You know, your mom once said something about the two of us getting married one day. And he takes this moment and he kisses her. Um, She doesn't really kiss him back. But she doesn't also not. Like, I think she's kind of, like, thinking about her mother and that whole thing. 
So she's not exactly pushing him off, but she's also not exactly, you know, she's in a middle ground situation, I think, here. So um, then Valerie tells Nat that Colin might be, so she's giving him an update. Colin might be hopping on a freighter the next day and Balin is getting men in place to try to stop him. So she's saying, like, I think things are looking good. Um, little did they know, Colin is currently at the same strip club where Brandon and Steve decided to go. Is that what a, is that a peeler bar, a strip club? I don't, I don't know. But anyways, Brandon and, Brandon and Steve are, this is actually kind of funny. They're at this bar. They're drinking, they're complaining about their situations with Claire and Susan. And they kind of like, there's a guy next to them that they start kind of messing around with. And he looks like, I mean, Steve makes a joke that he didn't know the Unabomber was a blonde. He's got some like weird blonde wig. But anyways, it is a cameo by the actor Pauly Shore. If you don't know who Pauly Shore is, you were definitely not around, uh, in the 90s with an understanding of anything other than Barney the Dinosaur because Polly Shore was very popular in the 90s. Like I said, um, if you didn't, if you were not in a teenager or even a preteen, you, you didn't know who he was. But anyways, I will, I will talk more also about Polly Shore in the fun facts and tidbits part of the episode, but a little cameo by Polly Shore and he gets into like a little bit of a squabble match with Steve and Brandon and then all of a sudden they start getting into some fight and while all the patrons are fighting in this bar in the midst of all this chaos Colin is there Brandon spots him and he runs out when they see him they try to run after Colin so they see Colin they're gonna try to stop him and run into him or get him for some you know well we know why he, they want to get him david and donna then wander back to one of their rooms um talking drunkenly about their former relationship she admits that she still liked him even after he cheated on her and he's sober enough that i mean she's really drunk but he's sober enough to realize that they probably shouldn't really do anything that they'd regret to also jeopardize their relationship which obviously is um is uh important to them at this point um i guess Stephen brandon didn't catch colin because the next morning they're being let out of jail having been arrested for the bar fight uh Valerie and Kelly are also at the police station because they are with I guess Balin who tells them that Colin didn't aboard the freighter that he was supposed to um but he sends everyone back to the Queen Mary Colin learns of another freighter that he could take but he's going to have to pay another 10 grand to get on this and on the way back to the yacht, Steve spots him. He's walking like down the street and they're driving back obviously to uh, the boat. And Brandon chases Colin. Brandon and Steve chases Colin again. This time they're in some like shipyard and this goes on for about like five minutes. This like weird chase. Um, I guess they were just, I don't know. It was weird. Um, and Valerie and Colin, Valerie and Kelly are in the car, but they kind of like, get the car and box him in as he's trying to run off and I don't know I mean the police end up showing up and yay the storyline's over it's 
I don't know. It's done. Um, Colin's being arrested. He's not getting out of the country. He's going to jail. He's like, sorry, Val. And Kelly's like, no, you're not. And they're kind of civil to each other for a minute, which is nice. Um, Balin is joking that Brandon and Steve did their job, it, you know, did his job for them. And he invites Valor to dinner. So it's like, all right, things are looking up for Val. Is she going to hook up with this FBI agent? Um, so everyone heads back to the Queen Mary, um, arriving just as Andrea is about to leave. So they didn't really get to hang out with her. Steve and, and Brandon are still kind of in a mood. David and Donna seem super happy because they had a great time. Um, and Brandon is going to go find Susan. So he finds her on the deck or someone said she's on the deck. So he goes up to the deck and I don't know she seems upset she wants him to come with her to DC and he's pissed he's not really being sympathetic or compassionate or warm with her he's kind of pissed she's like come with me to DC there's so many opportunities for you and he's like nope and she's like please and he's like I'll tell you this if I drive through DC I'll look you up but that's it. I mean, he, she's like, at least give me a kiss goodbye. He kisses her on the cheek. He's kind of cold, though, about it. And they're over. They're done. They've broken up. She's going to D.C. He's pissed. And Susan walks off. And um, bye-bye, Susan. We're, we're not going to see you again. And I'm going to be honest. I don't really care. I was not a fan of Brandon and Susan. And I am happy they are done. Steve... It's his turn. He goes to find Claire, who he finds out did not spend the night in their room together. Uh, we then see she and Carl talking at breakfast. Um, also, Carl looks fine. If he was punched in the nose where he thinks his nose is broken, he would have two black eyes right now. And his nose wouldn't be looking fine but looking at him he has the adorable little nose that looks untouched um if he said it was broken and he was icing it like why are we not putting makeup on him to make him look like he's got beat up it's just a little odd i think but anyways there carl and basically claire didn't sleep in the room because she was walking around all night she couldn't stop thinking but she tells Carl, despite the problems that she and Steve might have sometimes, she loves him and she wants to be with him. So she's made her choice. She wants to be with Steve. Um, but she wants Carl and Steve to still be friends. And I mean, Carl's kind of bringing up the, he's like bringing up the mom card again, like trying to make it out like your mom wanted you to marry a prince. And she says in her, you know, his own way, Steve is her prince. Then Steve comes and finds them together and naturally thinks that something happened between them because obviously he sees that the bed was not slept in. And Carl basically says, I am gracefully bowing out. May the best man win. And she has made it obvious that she is in love with you. And the best man did, in fact, win. So um, he is bowing out now. Um, now, okay. 
How do I, I'm just trying to think about how I place this. We gotta talk about this. So, remember how Joan's been sick all weekend? Well, we find out here that she's pregnant. Um, now, what I wanna talk about is by looking at her, I'm like, hmm. And I don't want to age shame anyone for pregnancy or anything like that. Um, miracles happen. Um, I believe like Halle Berry, J-Lo, Janet Jackson all had kids like when they were about 50. Um, but that's, you know, on the older side. And, um, yeah, so anyways, Joan got naturally pregnant. And when I looked up her age, when this episode aired, I found out that she was 56. Um, I'm going to check out how old the oldest woman was to naturally get pregnant. Um, because I don't even know if like Jayla, like I don't, I don't know if it was natural or not, but 56, I mean, so, so she's not going through menopause yet. Like what? I'm going to look at the average age of that too. Um, because I don't understand this storyline. Because is she supposed to be younger than 56? Like how old is she supposed to be younger than 56? How old is she supposed to be? She even comments that she's a grandma. I mean, I, I don't know why we did this but anyways she's pregnant they are going to tell Brandon but then Nat kind of decides to say Joni and I are getting married and she's like we are and he's like yeah it, it, it was weird so he's he doesn't seem happy I I don't know and so it, but this was very bizarre to me Anyways, Balin is going to, um, he's back in, you know, with Valerie at the After Dark. Um, he tells Valerie that he's applied to, uh, relocate to LA. They finally kiss. Um, I think Valerie and Balin had more chemistry after the, you know, this episode than Brandon and Susan had all season. Just going to put that out there. Um, at the beach apartment, Donna and David wonder if they, uh, they're kind of talking about the idea of still getting, giving, giving their relationship another shot. And they're like, should we do it? Should we not do it? Would it be a mistake? They still love each other and they decide, let's do it. Let's give each other, let's give it another shot. And I am, I'm into this. 
I have said it before, I am a David and Donna fan. I am very happy that they are giving this relationship another chance. Um, And also, David's had sex. He's out of his system. He loves Donna. He knows that there's not going to be sex in this relationship. So I think that it's... It's a better situation now. He's not going to pressure her to do anything because he knows that it's not going to happen. And if he's willing to do it, you know, date her without having sex, then, you know, he's going to do that. Uh, Kelly drops by the Walsh house because now that she and Brandon are both single, um, I guess they're, I don't know, um, Basically, she's wondering if they would have another chance someday because obviously if Dylan and Brenda are supposedly living together, um, then maybe we can give it another shot. And and here, you know, he kind of brings up the proposal thing again. And she says that basically she knew that she couldn't choose between them because if she did, she knows that it would just completely ruin their relationship, their friendship. Um and she chose not to do that so she did the honorable thing is basically what she's saying but it's kind of like they're teasing us with a you know will they or will you know won't they um i mean brandon tells her that they shouldn't rush into anything like let's just see what happens so kelly leaves and valerie comes in to Like, as she's leaving, she asks Brandon if they're getting back together. He says no. But if Dylan and Brenda could find each other, and anything could happen. Okay. And basically, the episode and the season ends with Valerie saying, not if I could help it. And that is where it ends. Fun facts and tidbits. All right, so besides the Goo Goo Dolls, um, songs we had on this episode were when Valerie and Kelly were talking at the Peach Pit. The song was Jim Dandy by Lavern Baker. And when Steve's birthday party, when they're on the deck at the beginning, um, it's Feel So Good by Lena Santiago. I I don't understand why I couldn't say that. Um, So (laughs) I did some, you know, I said during the episode I was going to look some stuff up. So Peeler Bar is a strip club, Um, I guess, because women peel their clothes off. So I don't know. Urban Dictionary said it was a strip club, so it's a strip club. Um, Okay, talking about Joan and the pregnancy thing. So. First off, the average age for women to get into go into menopause is 51. Um, obviously, menopause after menopause, you can't, you know, have a child naturally because you're not harvesting any more eggs. Um, so that's the average age. It obviously can come later. It can come a little sooner, but that is typically the average age, 51. Now, I did also look... Um, January of uh, 2017, 
Um, so this is as of this date, in Je- you know, of January twenty seventeen. The Guinness Book of World uh, Guinness Book of World Records um, has the oldest woman verified mother to conceive a child naturally um, was in nineteen ninety seven. It was a woman named Dawn Brooke, and she conceived her son at the age of 59. Now, it's possible, um, you know, from what I was looking up, it's definitely possible, but is unlikely. So, at age 56, like I said, it's possible, but very unlikely that this would happen. Um... Also, the showrunners had asked Aaron Spelling if they could approach Shannon Darty about shooting a birthday message for Steve from Brenda in lieu of having like her, you know, having a return or something uh, for the episode, but Spelling didn't like the idea, so they didn't do it. Um, And obviously, since Luke had left earlier in the season, the writers knew that he wouldn't be interested in appearing. Um, so that brings me to the spotlight and I've decided to do it on two different people because now I like, um, you know, I, I liked the Goo Goo Dolls quite a bit. I was a big Goo Goo Dolls fan. So I want to do, um, a spotlight on them. Also, I had mentioned that the guy at the bar where they started a fight was Polly Shore. Now, supposedly he was dating Tiffany Amber Thiessen at the time. So that I th- actually find that interesting because I didn't know they dated at all. But apparently they were dating at the time and that's why he kind of had his little cameo. But also, I mean, he was a big deal in the 90s, but I will get to that. So I'm going to do the spotlight on both of them. So let's start with the Goo Goo Dolls. Um, first off, before we get into them a little bit more, I will say they performed three songs during... The episode, they had Long Way Down, Naked, and Name, all great 90s songs. The Goo Goo Dolls um, were, I did not know this, but I found out obviously while doing the research on them, um, I did not realize that they originated in Buffalo, my, you know, hometown of uh, Buffalo, not my hometown, but I did live there uh, for uh, when I was in college. So, and you know, I I do have a love of Buffalo. So they're from Buffalo. Um, John, Johnny Resnick um, is the lead singer of um, the Goo Goo Dolls. And they, so the band started in 86. So they're kind of, you know, working, you know, singing at clubs and doing their kind of stuff in the 80s and then in the early 90s is when they kind of really got popular um you know the songs that they performed on this episode were really popular and then in the late 90s um they had uh, i think it was 97 they had an album called Dizzy Up the Girl which is one of my all-time favorite like albums of all time it's so good and it's i mean yeah they there was this movie called city of angels they did the soundtrack for a song called iris which is just amazing um 
Slide is a really good song. Black Balloon. I mean, it's just, it's a really, really, really good album. Um, you know, they did, uh, you know, in the early 2000s, they did a Greatest Hits album. But they're also, I mean, from doing this, they're really still, like, recording albums. They've done, like, they're pretty consistent. I mean, their first album came out in 87 and they've had numerous albums since then they actually even um released an album this year so they're still together they're still performing um i would actually really kind of love to see them and um see them in concert because i do love the goo goo dolls so um yeah and johnny resnick still is the uh the lead singer still rocking it he's a buffalo boy kind of love that and um love me the goo goo doll so this was a very cool um cool cameo that they did on the uh on the show now for Polly shore so Polly shore like i said was huge in the 90s um his nickname was like the weasel i don't know his birth name was uh, Paul Montgomery Shore. He was born on February 1st, 1968, which makes him now 53. He's an L.A. native uh, boy, grew up in Beverly Hills, went to Beverly Hills High School, which I think I've mentioned this before. Numerous people went there, like celebrities and stuff. Um, and he kind of started out as a stand-up comedian, um, I think maybe his parents worked in show business a little bit. Um, but yeah, he started doing kind of some stand-up stuff when he was like in 17. He had like, uh, yeah, like his this alter ego nickname, The Weasel. Um, he had like this like catchphrase which was like, hey buddy. Like it was just like his kind of thing. He got his big break like as a VJ for M and on, on um, MTV. And he, I think he had his own show, like, on MTV. But he also, like, hosted those annual spring break parties. Um, and he did that from, like, the early 90s, I would say. And he really, like, I don't know, like, funny guys maybe, but he was a ladies' man. Um, like I said earlier, I, he supposedly was dating Tiffany at the time of this guest appearance. Um, he also has two movies in which I love. Encino Man is the first one. Came out in 92. It's, um, it's great. It's such a good movie. And then the following year, actually maybe they were dating because she was in this movie in 93, but this is 97. I don't know, but they did work together. So anyways, there was um another movie he did which is a kind of classic kind of fun you know movie that my family loved called son-in-law um which was uh he he meets this girl he's from la this country girl who's going to uh she's from like south dakota or something like that goes to Moved to L.A. for college. He's her R.A. Um, it's Paul. It's what's her name? Uh, Carla Gugino. Um, and uh, you know he she pretends that he's her uh, her ex, her boyfriend, and they move to um, I don't know. She takes him home for Thanksgiving, and it's they pretend they're engaged, and 
Uh, but anyways, Tiffany has a small little part in that movie. So I wonder if, uh, I don't know, maybe they became friends or whatever then. But um, such a good movie. But anyways, yeah, Polly Shore, this was in 93. So Polly Shore was very popular in the 90s. Um, and then kind of just like, I mean, he had a few other movies, like which were like his movies called like, I think like Jury Duty or Biodome. Um, but... Uh, yeah, he kind of just, like, faded off a little bit after that. I mean, I'm sure he's still around doing some stuff. But anyways, um, I thought that was funny. Little cameo by Polly Shore, who was a thing then. And, um, yeah, that is it for the fun facts and tidbits for the episode. Thank you all for listening to Casa Walsh, a Beverly Hills 90210 podcast. My name is Sam, and if you want to reach out to me, you can on Twitter or on Instagram. My Twitter handle is thesamlev, and I am on Instagram at samlev28. Please remember to subscribe, um, like, comment on this podcast if you like it. We are uh, getting ready for season seven, which will be the next episode that I do it is called remember the alamo so we'll be back with that and thank you for listening